You know something, Hulkamaniacs? Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect might as well forget about the marquee with their names on them, man, going down in history. You know, they're in a lot of trouble right now, brother. I got a chance to get the WWF title back at the Royal Rumble, brother. Bring it back home. And Ric Flair, you're going to be an endangered species, brother, because this is my chance to eliminate you right out of the chute, brother. When I come down to the ring for the one-on-one -on -one confrontation, brother, it's not going to be styling and profiling Lear Jets and limousines. It's going to be Hulk Hogan in his war mode, brother. The maniacs told me to get rid of you, brother, to take care of business. And Ric Flair, I'm very dangerous now. I don't have the WWF title. I don't have anything to lose. And you know something, brother? If I put that figure four leg lock on you, I'm going to hang on until there's a snap, a crackle, and a final pop. Ric Flair, what you going to do when the holster wipes you out? I don't approve of those lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to say uh, we were, were, were mandated to put Pete on the show. So I managed to I managed to get in the sledgehammer sample. That's good. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Who is that and what's it called? That is Third Base with Pop Goes the Weasel. Uh, you know, it's a song that I listened to in 92. Um, and Hulk Hogan talks about putting a, a figure four on Ric Flair and making and hearing the snap crackle and the pop. What's so. weird about that is that, one, he's going to do it in the Royal Rumble where there are other guys walking around the ring. Yes. So they're just going to let him put a move on Flair, a move that he probably doesn't know. In fact... Didn't he put one on the Ultimate Warrior and it was hideous? Like I don't in, know. In their WCW match? I, I believe he did. I, I wouldn't know. Um, the figure four, which is not a complicated move, like if you learn how to do it. No. It's like, not. I watch it and I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. And then I just did it. Yeah, it's not It's not hard. Uh, it's it's comical that, that Hoags would be like, I'm going I'm to put you in the figure four. And the one-on-one -on -one confrontation. Which, of course, we'll talk about. Does not happen. No, it does not. Uh, this is the Mezzanine Sleepover, episode 74. 74. You're listening to it around January 17th. Yes. And we are quickly moving our way towards the Royal Rumble. When is the Rumble, my friend? I think it's the 29th. Fuck. Last January. It's the always the Sunday where the NFL takes a week off. That's right. So it is. Let me have a looky-poo here. A lucky poo, a Rudy Poo lucky poo. Uh, the 29th. Nice. The 29th. And there's going to be some Goldberg and Lesnar action in the Royal Rumble. There is. Fuck, I hope they, I hope they clash. I'm, oh, wow. I'm legitimately excited by that program. They are going to clash. It probably won't be long. So what? And then the next thing will probably be the Mania match. Fucking rights. So that's all right. There's I like, don't even care. That whole know, thing intrigues me. The Royal Rumble, every year, I mean, even if it falls flat, which it has the last couple of years. Yes. It's still pretty fucking fun. It like, is. It is the event that I get most excited about. More than oh, WrestleMania. Absolutely. WrestleMania is second. But the Rumble is one where I probably will never totally stop being a wrestling fan. But even if I just continue to fade out, I'd probably still check out the Rumble. Well, and I mean, you know, the Rumble has – there's there's many different things. I mean, the first thing being, I mean, you can do a pool, which is amazing. Yep. I once did a WrestleMania pool. It was not as good. I remember WrestleMania 17, I was watching at some dude's house – 
and uh and uh some guy I went to school with and uh we did a pool and it just wasn't the same. It was like you do pick the, the winners. Yeah, you do the rumble and it, you get all the factors involved. You get well, people do pools, I've heard, but normally it's just you pick a certain amount of guys Bunk. and if they win, you win. We do it the real way. It's like the real way is you give points for your guys when they eliminate people. And you get guys as they come in yeah. based on a draw. So you get shit guys and you can get sad. And when they do something really awesome, it makes it better. And you can give points for all sorts of different fa- factors yeah. and make them funny. Now, watching old Rumbles and doing it is even better because you can count dead dudes, champions, tassels, tassels face paint. But it still lends itself to, to a fun night. So I would encourage all our listeners to do a Rumble pool when you're watching the Rumble this year. And what fucking better Rumble maybe to do a practice pool on? Oh god! Then the one we're going to talk about today, and we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble. We're going to talk about the matches uh, in the in the in the you know the undercard. But this is what this is the kind of the Rumble to end all Rumbles. I I think because Which, it's got the ultimate prize. Nineteen ninety five. Look at you! You all fucking believe me? I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong? Oh shit! Because I just remembered that uh, last like what was it last year? They had yeah. the the title was on the line, but. Fine. Yeah, 1995. No, that's no, not the one. No, uh, doing... 2001. 2001 was a good rumble. Uh, 99, which oh, we reviewed. God, 99. Jesus Christ. Go back in here a review of 99. 2001 was the hardcore rumble, wasn't it? Yeah. With all the hardcore spots. Yeah. And, and my favorite wrestler of all time was in it, Drew Carey. Oh, no, we're talking Royal Rumble 92, folks. Which is widely considered to be one of the best, what, two or three? Yeah. Now, it was the best one for a long time. Then there was a rumble that came along where someone who we can't name <laughs> won it. Went one to two, one to one, went from number one and won it. And yeah. it was an awesome rumble. Yeah. Well, okay. Take out the cat dancing. Yeah. Uh, that was a good rumble. Yeah. But 2004. Uh, well, we can talk about Chris Benoit. I mean, yeah. the guy existed. Yeah, I guess so. It's he just, won it. Yeah. You just, they I watched like, a bit of Nitro. And he comes out with, with, with Nancy there, and it's just like, oh, Jesus. They keep it all in the network, and they there's multiple – like, he's – it's you know, I say it's history, and you want to put your wrestling show on it, so that's fine. But could you just take out any references where he's like, oh, he's fucking killing him? I know, Choking I know, right? Out. Choking like, him out. It's like, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, they had him wiped for a long time. Yeah, but, but uh, when the network came, though, they were like, we got to acknowledge it. So anyways, yes. this is well before Benoit's in WWF or even WCW. Yes. 1992, Royal Rumble. Yes. Uh, from the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York. And we may as well get right into it because I think this is going to take. I think it's going to take us a while. There's a lot to say about uh, all of this. I'm, I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I, I do enjoy the wrestling shows. So we recently, and in fact, a few weeks ago with our pal Stu, talked about uh, SummerSlam 92. Yes. The four shows for 92 were all pretty good. They were. And uh, what's notable about some of them is that they're Hogan-less shows, but this one had Hogan as an important role. Yeah, the, the Orange idea, Goblin is here. So what had happened was, and this is all just storyline, obviously. Yes. Uh, is that Hulk Hogan is your world champion from WrestleMania 7. Yes. Moving on. In 1991. And at around the same time, the uh, Ric Flair jumps. He gets he gets into a spat with WCW, quits. Yes. And comes to the WWF. Yes. And proclaims himself to be the real world champion. And he's for a while he's got the actual. He has the NWA title with him. Yeah, and they eventually can't show it on TV, but he continues to say he's a real world champ. Yes. 
And he's involved in storylines pretty much in the fall going onward. And then also, for whatever reason, The Undertaker, who has made his debut the previous year, Mm -hmm. is mowing through competition. Yes. So as they lead into Survivor Series 1991, they decide they're going to have a match with Hogan and The Undertaker for the world title. Yes. And in that match, there are shenanigans. Yes. And it ends up with The Undertaker tombstoning Hogan on a chair provided by Ric Flair. Yes. And pinning him for the world title. Yes. Which was a big deal. So they, it's an emergency in the WWE. Uh, and isn't it hilarious yeah. how that played out? Fuck, I hate Hogan. I hated Hogan then. It was like, oh, when Hogan loses the title, we got to have an, an immediate rematch like three days later. Now, I get that they were selling. They were trying to do like a – I don't know what their what their deal was with Tuesday in Texas. They were trying to promote uh, smaller pay-per-views, see if they could get more money. Yeah, probably. And this was, you know, three years before they went to a – you know, house. a monthly pay-per-view. But um, they, they're they like, oh, we're going to get this settled this Tuesday in Texas. And then they called the show this Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. So it was a house show that had already been booked. And yes. I guess they were like, we're going to convert it into a mini pay-per-view. Yes. And it was headlined by the rematch with Hogan and The Undertaker. Yes. And also Macho Man Randy Savage's first match back yes. against Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes. And a couple of other And we matches. had, uh, I think, I think uh, Bret Hart defended the IC title against Skinner. Skinner. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the Alligator Man. Yeah, which we'll get into. We'll talk to him soon. I'll talk about him soon. Yeah. So they had this rematch. Hogan wins the title with cheating. Jack Tunney takes a bump, I believe. <laughs> Fucking Jack President Tunney. Jack Tunney. <laughs> and as a result of all the shenanigans surrounding this match... Uh, Tunney then strips Hogan of the title and declares it vacant. Yeah, now he threw powder in Undertaker's face. Yeah. I believe. From the urn. Yeah. Oh, he threw ashes. Yeah. Of Undertaker's dead parents. Of someone. Well, isn't that the storyline in 97? Who the fuck knows? Anyway. So Hogan wins the title, but he gets stripped of it. And Tunney says, we're going to go to the Royal Rumble in 1992. And the winner is going to get the belt. Yeah. So we're about, this is the fifth Royal Rumble? Yes. yes. And so all the, the ones be- official Royal Rumble. So all the ones before this were just basically the prestige of winning the Royal Rumble. Yes. And now won by such prestigious wrestlers as uh Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Big John Studd. Yes. Yep. And then Hogan twice. Yes. So 92 they're like the belt's going to be on the line, 30 guys in the Royal Rumble and yeah. the winner's going to win the belt. So that's basically the storyline leading up to the 92 Rumble. That's it? Yeah. So uh this show is uh well the Rumble is very well received. Yes. Uh, the undercard. <laughs> well, you know, and I'm not, it's funny. I, I hold this card quite high in, in quite high esteem. I like watching it. So, uh, maybe we'll have some, some differing opinions. A f- couple things before we start. Um, it's, uh, we got Gorilla and Bobby, the brain on commentary. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. They're pretty and good. And Bobby is, this is the peak Bobby the brain Heenan on commentary. Yes. It's amazing. So, you know, I, we're talking about it. Listen to it, but go watch it because it's great. Now, I want to I want to preface this by saying I was t- telling you off air. I had a little story how I watched this show. Yes. Um, when I first watched it, I remember I remember learning of the results the day after it happened, sitting in the in uh, in the McDonald's on Saint Anne's and Varennes. Okay. And I was there with the Cajun man. I don't know. We were and, and his dad, and uh, we got the son, and they had the results. And it was like, oh, Ric Flair won. And it was like, oh, are we talking oh, about you it? fucking spoiled it. <laughs> and so um, he then got the tape from someone who had taped it off pay-per-view. Because, you know, you get that and it's like fucking gold. Right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I go there for, <laughs> hey, a sleepover. So hey. I'm staying over at his place. And, and the Cajun man uh, used to have this. 
in in their basement. They had two bedrooms in the basement. It was uh, and and his and Monstaval's was upstairs, in the bedroom upstairs. <laughs> and it was him and his sister, I believe. And so he had one room, his sister the other room, and then they had kind of a like a a rec room. But this rec room, the previous owners it was clear like a bar was in there because it was all bamboo. Yeah, and so. And it had like an inset kind of area for the bar, all bamboo all over the place. And, you know, you can almost imagine it. So we used to have sleepovers. We just watched TV. And so one night I was like, I'm going to watch the rumble. He's like, I'm going to bed. I'm going to watch the rumble. So I pop the rumble in and I'm walking into the, uh, stealing into the, into the storage room to steal cookies. (laughs) And when I watched it, you're watching on a VHS tape on a certain kind of TV. So when I would watch it, my memory of it is much darker looking. It's a much darker looking show with like kind of a more of a yellow tint. Yeah. So when I watch it on TV now, I can't watch it with like the bright lights and oh, yeah? like well lit. I have to like adjust my TV settings. Fuck. To have it be like how it used to be. It's fucking nuts. Look it's craziness. You all love the nostalgia. I love the nostalgia of the Royal Rumble '92. So this is this is where I'm coming from. It's uh, it, I, highly revered in my world. So here we go. So I have the Meltzer stuff up. The the Wrestling yes. Observer from after the show. Yep. So I'll see if I can find some stuff on it. Good. Uh, the show received 82 percent thumbs up from the unscientific poll. Yes. Which is great from all from all the smart marks. Yes, of course. Uh, so, uh, as with the, any Royal Rumble, the match itself takes just over an hour. Well, yes. in those days it was just in those days hour. it was pretty close to the actual time. Yeah, uh, but there, of course, they put on about you know four or five matches and the undercard. Yeah, and the undercard before the Royal Rumble. And there's no world title match because the title is on the line. That's right. Yes. So. Uh, here we go. Let's get started with World the tag Rumble match to kick us off. For live from Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York. Uh, a, a prestigious location. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to find the date, uh, and I can't find it. So, I have it right here, I believe. January 19th, 1992. All right. So we're talking 25 years ago uh, around this time. So match one. Yep. The very first match. Lots of tag team matches in the show, by the way. So, yeah. So, the Orient Express, who opened Royal Rumble 91 with a classic against the Rockers. Yeah. A classic. Now get to open the show against the new foundation. So, we have the new Orient Express against the new foundation. That's right. That's right. So, the Orient Express, uh, at one time, it was, uh, what? Tanaka and... Sato. Sato. Yeah. And then they changed it to Kato. Paul Diamond. Paul Diamond in a mask. In a mask. Who is not even Asian. No, but it's they 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 reunite bad company. Yes. Uh so the and then the new foundation, so there was the Hart Foundation with yes. Bret Hart and Jim the Animal Nightheart yep. in pink and black, pretty awesome trunks. Yes. And now they replace Bret with Owen. Yep. Fucking tell us. Uh they are wearing pastel uh hammer pants. Is about the only way that I can really describe that. With with what appears to be like Bob Thurman, Spark Plug, Holly, fucking uh, like racing fucking pattern down the side, and they have like suspenders, don't they? They don't have suspenders at this point, I don't believe. Okay. They, when when it's high energy with Coco, yeah, uh, like months later, um, yes, high energy will rock the suspenders. Now these pants, now Owen Hart was always in pretty good shape. These pants made him look so fat. God, he looked out of shape. Yeah, he just looked terrible. But and the anvil looked like the anvil. Yeah. Uh, this match was actually well regarded. It's I mean, not. It's not a bad match. Uh, you want to take us through it? The Orient Express comes out to their generic racist Asian music, which they yeah, and they've then they edit on the on the uh, the, oh, the recent the, versions. Mine is the. 
Well, they edited it on the on the uh, on the DVDs. Yeah, I, and it's terrible. I put Kato isn't even Asian. No. Uh, yeah. Um, Bobby Heenan refers to the pants on the new foundation as pajamas. <laughs> Uh, oh, really? I mean, Orient Express are essentially wearing pajamas well. Well, my next one is, Tanaka's in a black t-shirt and sweats. <laughs> like, seriously. That's what I wear to bed. Uh, lots of high spots by the baby faces. Yeah. Um, Owen gets a chin lock on Kato and tries to undo his mask. <laughs> yep. For whatever reason. I don't know why. Not really a baby face spot. <laughs> no, but. not really. And uh, Owen's working. Like, yeah. he's working this. Like, this, you gotta think back in early 92, like, Owen's trying to earn a spot here. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. And they're giving him a chance. He got quite a few chances on the pay per views this year. Um, but, he, you know, just couldn't get it going. I think he was on, he was on, uh, three of the four. Yeah. But, um, he's working hard. And Owen, uh, Sko is, is an all time great. Um, in the ring. Ex- uh, the Orient Express get the heat. When Fuji gives Owen a cane shot. Yeah. So Mr. Fuji with his cane that he walked around with. Yes. Uh, the heat spot goes on forever. It includes a uh, false tag and lots of heel cheating. <laughs> pretty par for the course. It's pretty par for the You don't see a lot. It's actually pretty, uh, very much par for the course. Eventually, yep. Anvil gets a hot tag. He's a house of fire. <laughs> Owen dives out the ring onto Tanaka. Yep. Then the baby faces win with the rocket launcher, which is Owen Hart getting... Slammed off the top rope by the anvil. That's right. And, and a big splash. A big splash by Skowen to win it. And they win. Nice opener. Nice. I don't mind the opener. I think it's pretty good. The crowd was, there was some good, the crowd was hot, as they usually are in opening matches. And they kept, I think they kept the, uh, they kept it, uh, they kept it going. Uh, three and a half stars for Meltzer. I'd give it two and a half. I gave it two. Uh, three and a, <laughs> sorry, ah, three and a quarter. Three, three and, and a quarter. quarter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, he, he, Meltzer liked it. There's a big fucking thing on Twitter right now, eh? Meltzer's getting all this heat from all these fucking geek marks. Oh yeah, geek smart marks that that like hate that he doesn't give American matches five stars. And he's like, I'm giving him four and a, three quarters. He's all I just like these other matches better. Like all you give is Japanese is five stars. He's like, why do you care? <laughs> it's true, right? It's like why do you care so much? It's my ratings. Like, yeah. Go give your own rating. Yeah. Like, if you think it's five stars, get on Twitter or, you know, do get, go somewhere and tell someone I, I give that five stars. Fucking dummies. Anyway. Uh, match number two is the Mountie versus Roddy Piper. Oh, I remember being very upset about this. So there's the story on screen and then there's a story behind the scenes. Yes. You tell the on-screen story. So on screen, the, uh, the storyline is uh, Bret Hart is the Intercontinental Champion. And he's slated to face the Mountie at um, Royal Rumble 92 uh, in an intercontinental title match. But what happens in storyline is Bret Hart has the flu in Springfield, I believe. Yeah. And he goes into a match with the Mountie because they have matches for the title at the house shows, uh, even before the event. And uh, they he has a fever or the flu and he gets rolled up and pinned and loses the title. Yeah. So he can't get there in time for the rematch because he's sick. So they slot in pipes. So the real story, apparently, yes, apparently, uh, which is very interesting, by the way, yeah. uh, Hart had negotiated and at one point agreed to a deal where he would debut on Tuesday, at clash of the champions nice. for WCW where he'd come out with the Intercontinental title as something of payback for the WWF bringing in Ric Flair and having him wear the WCW world title belt. Nice. Uh, so, uh, Jeez, I wonder why Vince was a little bit worried about it in 1997. 
Yeah, exactly. If that's the right? case, eh? Uh, so anyways, they, but, but he dropped the bell, right? Oh yeah, he did he the did, job. He did the time-honored tradition. Yeah. Ultimately, obviously that fell through because our heart was in WWF till 97. Yes, he was. Uh, but anyways, what we get was Hart not wrestling on this show and instead you get Piper. Yes. Roddy Piper. Now Roddy Piper has never won a singles title at this point in, in, WWF. in WWF. He's a former US champion in, in NWA, but. Yeah. And the Mounties had the title for like two days. Yeah. Uh, so they show highlights of him winning the belt with a small package reversal, and then he beats on uh, Hart, and Piper makes the save. So that's that's why that that's the motivation to give Piper. You know, I like I like the times. I like when you can get a title shot just by saving a guy from getting beat up. Yeah, it all slots you as number one contender. Uh, Piper does his promo, and he accuses the Mountie of having wet dreams. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, your dreams, they're wet too. Like, <laughs> Piper's promos are fucked, man. Yeah. Some of those ones, like the one against Bad News Brown at WrestleMania 6, where he, it's like super racist. Yeah. And, but it, and not just that he's painted, but then he's like, he's, he quotes like Ralph Cramden. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's craziness. So he comes into the ring. Piper does. Yes. He takes off his kilt and then all runs and puts it in the Mountie's face. <laughs> so good. To start fighting with him. Yep. Uh, basically, it's a Piper match. Piper's punching, brawling, eye pokes. <laughs> so much brawling. Tons of brawling. It's kind <laughs> of a... There's not much fluidity to the match. No, there's not. And it's very clear that these two, uh, A, probably had not a lot of time to get together. You know, because they run through the circuits, right? Like, you, they had Brett and Mountie running through the circuit. Yeah. So they're getting used to each other. Because they got a they got a pay per view match, and uh, here there's clearly no chemistry, which is interesting. Because I wonder how many times Jacques Rougeau fought Rowdy Roddy Piper back in the day. Yeah, you got to think they clashed, but maybe not because you know, by the time the Rougeaus were kind of in, Piper was on his way out for a while to do movies. So who knows? Fuck, I'll tell you though, this match when you watch the Mountie, you're like, fuck, I miss regular Jacques Rougeau in the Rougeau brothers. Oh yeah, because it's not at all the same. <clears throat> you uh, can get the magic back. With, uh, in the Quebecers a bit, but Mountie on his own, fucking terrible. Uh, Piper eventually misses a hideous dropkick. Oh, God. Uh, he then gets the advantage back, kind of out of nowhere. Yep. So he does a spot where he throws, uh, the Mountie over the top rope. Mountie skins the cat, which is great, <laughs> and then runs into Jimmy Hart. Yep. Like kind of a buffoon spot. Yep. So Piper puts him in the sleeper and he wins. Just like that. It was out of nowhere. And then he ge- and then he uses the cattle prod and shocks the Mountie for good measure. Of course he does. So Piper wins the match. Uh, I put, uh, I didn't put a rating. I think I put it like half a star. Well, I remember again, I saw it the next day in the paper and I was like, what the, f-? you know, you're like, what the fuck? Piper won the title? Yeah. Because again, this is 1992 in Winnipeg without, you know, ordering pay-per-views, especially not me. And uh, I was just like, flabbergasted and then when you watched it it was kind of weird the way it was won but i did like the kind of the talk it's like piper's going for two titles in one night <laughs> the guy who's never won a singles title yeah. is going for two two titles so it was so a nice was a little storyline story yeah it was a good storyline uh so uh, melcher gave it a star and three quarters i'll give it a star it's not that it's not that entertaining so then uh lord alfred hayes <laughs> oh god who is their goofy british uh announcer <laughs> yeah uh, he is going to, he's standing outside of Hulk Hogan's locker room. And it's got like a star with Hulk Hogan on it. Uh, you know, it just says Hulk on it, I believe. Uh, yes, that's right. It's right next to Vince's locker room, <laughs> yes, by the way. Yes, that's right. So. <laughs> of course. Albert they all Hayes, rode to the show together on their wide glides. Yeah. <laughs> Albert Hayes. <laughs> January. Knocks, Albert Hayes knocks on the door. Hogan's like, yeah, come on in and do an interview. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's clearly a washroom. 
<laughs> like there's the fucking stall with the yeah. toilet and Hogan's just standing by the sink. I like those things back in the day where they made it look like Hogan had his own dressing room. When yeah. I think I, maybe I'm wrong, but I think they pre- probably dress with the boys. Yeah. Right. I'm like sure you got to think. Anyway, I love the interview because it's terrible. It's a Coliseum home video exclusive, I yeah. believe. And he sounds just, it's, it's like fake Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh, just a little while, brother. <laughs> just a little tiny while. I'm going to go out there. It's fucking terrible. And then, and then he's like, you got to get out of here. Yeah. So uh, there you go. So uh, match three. Oh, Jesus Christ. So we have. I've, you know what? And whenever I talk about this, I think I block this out. The Beverly Brothers. Ah, talking about the Beverly Brothers again. Uh, against the Bushwhackers. Ugh. And who is the Bushwhackers special friend? This would be Jameson. <laughs> they're, 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 Which I used to call you. Yes. What's up, Jameson? What's up, Jameson? Jameson is a nerd. Essentially, he wears dirty clothes and he uh, chews on a sock, I believe, wipes his face with a sock. Yes. And he has uh, glasses with the fucking tape in the middle. You know, he's he's like a nerd from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, he is. He's like that, you know, the stereotypical nerd. Uh, he's Jameson. I believe he was like he, he they had him come around on like primetime wrestling. Right. And he would come on. And he was like a fan in the in the crowd. And Bobby the Brain would. Would kind of pick on him. And yeah. so they gave him like a role. I don't know. Fucking Bushwhackers. You know. Oh, my God. Uh, so the Bushwhackers come down. And I'm always fascinated to see all the adults doing the Bushwhackers strut. Isn't it nuts? They're like going crazy. These adults. adults. They're, just, they're just. They're just. You know. Having a, a hoot nanny out in the crowd. Then. Walking. The, like, well, yeah. And then one of the Bushwhackers is walking around ringside. Yeah. And there's a dad holding his son in his arms, and the bushwhacker licks his fucking kid. Fucking and the dad's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. So Dis- I can't imagine. Um, a fan has a sign that says, Bushwhackers are cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Monsoon says that Heenan, <laughs> Heenan is just sad because he gave up a manager, so he can't manage the bushwhackers. Oh, God. Heenan says he wants to manage them into an electric chair. <laughs> And also says that Jameson needs to be put to sleep. <laughs> so good. I hate Jameson. Uh, the genius who's with the Beverly Brothers yes. slaps Jameson. Jameson looks at the camera and says, he hitted me. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Seriously. <laughs> uh, by the way, so far, nothing about the actual match. No. Beverly Brothers win with a double axe handle. This match was hideous. It's very bad. Uh, the post-match with Jameson is awful because... He, they get, they trap the genius. Yes. And Jameson is all spending way too much time pretending he's gonna be like, I'm gonna punch him. I'm gonna wind up. And then he kicks him in the shin. Cause he's a nerd. Cause he's a nerd. I gotta say, you know, when I think about this match, I wonder what it would be like if you saw like the sheep herders against the, uh, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. That probably be a much better match. I know, right? You know. Vince is just like, guys, you need to be goofy. Yeah. And then do wrestling. I, we don't, but the but we kids don't like it. The kids liked it, I guess. Uh, the Meltzer review. I just want to say what he says here. Yes. This match was so long and so bad, it would give most shows a thumbs down all by itself. And that's not even considering Jameson. The only thing bearable was the commentary, since they never talked about the match and just concentrated on comedy with Heenan uh, ranking on Jameson. Uh, But after the commentary, the best thing about the match was all the missed moves. The next best thing was the Bushwhacker. Wait. The next best thing was the Bushwhackers licking each other and marching around the ring. <laughs> Predictably, after the match was over, the Bushwhackers chased the Beverlys from the ring and held the genius so Jameson could kick him in the shin and the butt. 
Earlier in the match, Genius had slapped Jameson. At least Jameson played his ultra nerd role well. And to Titan's credit, their non-humorous attempt at comedy with Jameson was at least put in the match where it couldn't make it much worse. Minus star and a half. I gave yeah. it minus two stars. Oh, it's it's minus five stars all the way. It's really fucking <laughs> it's bad. It's terrible. All right. Uh, all right. Match four. Oh, 411 Mania, where I'm following on one of their reviews, says the, the best part of the match is the Beverly Brothers entrance music, which I concur. Yeah. They had some good-ass entrance music. Yeah, they did. They really did. So good. There you go. All right. All right. Match four, Legion of Doom, who are the tag team champions. Yes, they are. Against the Natural Disasters, as you called them, the most visually unappealing team. Yes, though, Stu's dad loves them. Because they're fat Big fat guys. Big fat ugly guys. Uh, so the natural disasters get the heat on animal by being fat. Is what <laughs> Essentially. Saying, what I said. Avalanches, double avalanches. Uh, being fat. Heat on hawk. When animal eventually gets a hot tag, he runs wild on the fatties. <laughs> animal does a full flip during a back suplex and does a double clothesline. Like he gets suplex and he suplex, lands on his lands feet. His feet like, well, he kind of falls. But, yeah. But same he, thing. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, in the end, the natural disasters just win the match by countout. Yeah, it's it's wholly unappealing. It's weird. It's it's doesn't make sense. I don't get why, but I guess okay. So the Legion of Doom dropped the title soon after. Yeah, like within within three months between Mania, like they're done. This yeah. run is over. Which is it was a really weird run because they were a super over team. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It's contracts, alcohol. Oh, like, yeah, that, really. that's true. That's true. So they drop the belts, uh, or they don't drop the belts, but the Jimmy Hart takes the belts and the natural disasters are like, we're the champs. Because they're stupid. Yeah. It's like you won by count out. You don't know the rules. Yeah. Like you're, this is your job. Like all you have to know is you won by count out. You don't win the title. Yeah. I, I could see if a team was like, we're the rightful champs. And they, they kind of say that and be like, we're the champs. And then, you know, but, but to pretend that you, because they look shocked. When they were told they weren't the champs. It's like, come on. So the LOD runs them out of the ring with chairs, at which point Gorilla Monsoon says that the LOD were successful. I'm like, well, they lost. Jesus. So they weren't really. Um, Meltzer says, uh, it was okay until the cheat finished where everyone was brawling on the floor and Typhoon got in to beat the count. With all the time they spent booking the rest of the card, they must have spent the time it takes between bites of a roast beef sandwich to come up with this finish. <laughs> uh, disasters by count out. Figure yeah. it out. Star and a half is yeah, what he gave it. I gave st- it a star. Yeah, one star is about right. Uh, so anyways, that's the uh, that's the end of the pre-show matches. Three tag matches. Yeah. And, and an icy title. Yeah, which is interesting. But anyways. Again, I, there's uh, two are terrible. Two matches are terrible. One's not very good and one's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I still like, I still love watching it. Uh, so then uh, they do some promos. Lots of promos. HBK gets the first one. Yes. And he's, Shawn Michaels at this point is like weeks from having turned on Marty Jannetty yes. and thrown him through the barbershop window. That's right. So this is his first event where he's like heel right. heartbreak kid. And he's got like his catchphrase. I don't think so. <laughs> and he all says it so emphatically. You just know it's his, it's his first fucking promo where he's using his new catchphrase so then they do a really weird coliseum video exclusive interview with rick flair i know where rick flair is like i drew number three i'm still gonna win why did they leave this in and like the whole point of the start of this match is that bobby heenan who's doing commentary and who is loves rick flair is not supposed to know what number flair drew i know and he's acting like he doesn't know meanwhile flair's just said i drew three 
on the Coliseum video exclusive. I guess. But still, it, it, you know what the funny thing is, is that wrestling requires so much of a suspension of disbelief that on your releases, you should maintain that. Yeah. Just because it, it adds to it. It's like, it's like saying, it's like if we're watching Rogue One. <laughs> Maybe not Rogue One, because, <laughs> you know, the big spoilers, you should have known. Yeah. Um, let's say you're watching uh, any other movie. Let's say you're watching Empire. You're not going to have a cut in on Empire on the DVD release. Where it's like, Luke Skywalker here. You'll never know. You'll never guess what what I, what happens to me. You know, Darth Vader's my dad in this exclusive. <laughs> it's It takes you out of it. Yeah. Where you're like, Ric Flair's like, yeah, I drew number three. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. I hate that they included that on the DVDs. And they, they still have it on the network. That's terrible. Um, so Write a letter. Some highlights of the promos. Yes. Sid does his whole promo with his teeth clenched. Oh God! It's like, I'm gonna fool you. Yeah. Uh, Repo Man does a sneaky promo. Oh, so I fucking like, hey, guess what, everyone? You know what? I love the Repo Man. <laughs> I think he's fucking great. You know that dude. So he's part of one of the greatest tag teams, arguably in WWF of all time. Yep. And they break up, and he gets stuck with this fucking gimmick, and he just runs with it. Awesome. It's like, hey, everyone, I'm gonna win the Rumble. And guess what? Undertaker is going to make 29 caskets. That's right. Didn't we play that uh, clip? Yes, we, yes did. we did. Yeah. Uh, and then Hulk Hogan talks about getting cheap shotted by that no good Jack Tunney. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then he at the end, he's like, I'm going to win the Royal. Uh, so anyways, I hate Hogan. God damn it. And we're going to get into fucking Hogs. Oh, we sure are. All right. So match five, the Royal Rumble. And for this one, I just, I, I put some highlights and I also put like, here's who came in when and who. Oh yeah, who of course. Eliminated. This is going to be great. I'm excited. So Jack Tunney comes out, makes out, makes a statement yes. before the Royal Rumble with the belt. Yeah. He's booed. Of course he is. And he's just, it's not really much of a statement. He's just like, it's for the belt. That's whatever. it. Yeah. Uh, British Bulldog is first. They Fuck pump yes. up, they pump up how he won a battle role at the Royal Albert Hall. I, I mentioned that a few weeks ago on our survey. He, he won the Samovar trophy. Yes. <laughs> at the Royal Albert Hall. So they think, well. I'm telling you, we need to start prefacing British Bulldog. It'd be like, the Samovar trophy winning British, British Bulldog. Bulldog. <laughs> uh, what's important about this, by the way, is that, and it's important in the Flair storyline, is that at this point in time, like, no one won the Rumble that we're in basically the first, like, 15. And they really play it off like if you're in yeah. the top 15 spots, especially the top 10. It's over. You're fucked. Yep, you're going to exactly. be so exhausted. Yep. So Ted DiBiase is number two. Uh, he gets the advantage on the Bulldog. He gets a false throw over the top rope. Awesome. And then the Bulldog comes in and clotheslines DiBiase and DiBiase's out. To a massive pop. Yeah, like a minute in. He's yeah, just tossed. It's amazing. It's a great uh, – because what people need to remember is, is that if you watch the Rumble now, it's – Full gimmicks. Yeah. Like, they pull any gimmick they can out to tease and to do things different and, to, you know, guys set records and shit. But back then, Royal Rumbers were pretty tame. Yeah. You didn't really see a lot of this. Like, a, a legit, I mean, mid-carder, but a top mid-carder in DiBiase gets eliminated immediately. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, Bobby Heenan, when these numbers are, these two first two come out as like, Please, oh, thank God. Please don't be Flair. Please you know, don't be Flair. And he's all so excited. He's so happy and so relieved. Number three is Ric Flair. <laughs> Heenan is pissed. Well, and he's immediately, it's like, no. Damn it. Yeah. No. And my favorite part about about this Rumble, too, is that when guys are coming out, someone with a fucking cowbell, I'll ring in the cowbell every time yeah. someone comes out. So it's the perfect visual. They all 
it's all he comes out and it's like the long down the aisle camera and it goes right up to him and Heenan's apoplectic. Yeah. He's just so upset and it's perfect. Because of course Heenan is is um what is he? Flair's um financial advisor yeah. or something like that. So yeah. So he's set to make money. It's his yes. meal ticket. Yeah. Uh so anyways, Rick Flair is third. Uh Sags is fourth. Sags from the nasty boys. By the way, Nobbs hurt, so he's replaced in this rumble. Oh, uh, well, thank God. So Sags comes out. He gets eliminated by the Bulldog after uh, he jaw jacks the crowd and gets tossed. Yes. Uh, Haku is fifth. Now, does he get drop kicked? I think he gets drop. No, he gets. Uh, he gets drop kicked off the apron by Davy Boy. A nice little spot. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Wait, Haku. Sags. Sags. Yeah. Uh, Haku is fifth. He yeah. turns on Flair. Right yes. away, and they fight for a little bit. And Heenan is not happy about Haku. No. He's going to get punished, apparently, because he's still in the Heenan family. Yeah, so, like, when thing And you'll, there's a really great spot later in this match yeah. with Heenan. Yes. And he's clearly so happy when people team with Flair and upset when they turn on yep. him. And they, yep, so we'll get to that. Uh, so they uh, Bulldog dumps Haku right before Shawn Michaels comes out at 6. Yep. And uh, Chico Santana Bulldog with a nice run. Yeah. Which, which uh, you know, he won the IC title and disappeared for a while. Uh, wait, Bulldog? Bulldog in 92. In 92, yeah. He'll win the IC title by SummerSlam and then disappear. Yes, he does. Uh, Chico comes out at 7. He's in full El Matador mode. Yep. Uh, Flair gives Davy Boy a big-time low blow. Back in the day where, like, low blows didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Only Ric Flair really did it. Yeah. Uh, Barbarian is out at 8. Texas Tornado is out at 9. Oh, God. Repo Man is out at 10. He sneaks to the ring. He sure does. He comes out of the curtain. And he's looking around. And he looks around. He's like, who's looking at me? <laughs> and he fucking sneaks his way to the ring. Sure does. And, uh, and goes into the rumble. Yep. Greg Valentine is at 11. And it's going to take him a while to get warmed up. Monsoon says it'll take 40 minutes. <laughs> well, he went 45 in the year before. Yeah, yeah. What a fucking boring Royal Rumble 91 was. Oh, Holy yeah. smokes. Martel and, and Valentine in there for 45 and 50 minutes each. God damn it. So the ring is filling up. Monsoon and Heenan continue to sell that Flair has no chance because he's come out in the top five. Yep. Nikolai Volkov out at 12. The fucking uh, the slow jog. So this is what I put here. He has to be the worst wrestler of all time. And then in all caps, Repo Man eliminates him. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. Then Boss Man comes out at 13. And in all caps, Repo Man eliminates Valentine. Yep. So they give Repo Man two limbs. Two limbs. Which is great. Um, and he's not at Mania, by yeah, the way. So yeah. There you go. Uh, then Flair just very suddenly tosses the Bulldog. Yeah. The Bulldog's in at number one. And Flair all of a sudden just gets the advantage and tosses him. Great. Uh, he then throws a tornado out. Yep. Then the Matador. Yep. And HBK. Yes. Then Hercules comes in at 14. Oh, fucking Hercules. Um, Hercules and Barbarian go out. And then the boss man and Flair are together. Yep. And boss man basically eliminates himself. Uh, it's, it's a suspect. I hate these kind of eliminations. You remember that Goldust one where he got clotheslined like 16, like not 16, but like five, seven or eight feet away from the ropes and yep. he all runs to the ropes and tumbles over? Yep. This is like that. Boss man um, basically goes for the big charge. Yep. Uh, in, in, and like, I don't know what he was trying to do. He tried to splash him. He like, tried to splash him onto the ropes, yeah. which makes no sense. So Flair moves. Boss man hits the top rope and doesn't tumble doesn't over. Doesn't tumble properly. over. He's got to kind of propel himself over. Yeah. And we're left with Flair. So Flair is by himself. Yep. And he's exhausted. Yep. And he does a big flare flop right in the middle of so the ring. So good. Uh, and so that's one of the classic parts yep. of the match is now you're waiting to see what happens next. 
And at 15, it's fucking Piper. And Flair immediately gets the hands up, like the begging. Immediately, like before the guy gets to the ring, he's fucking begging. Flair gives the face where he's like, fuck me. Yeah, because Piper and Flair feuded when he first came into the Fed. Yeah. They had a mini feud. Yeah. Uh, So Piper is a house of fire. Fucking, and the dude is like, is like practically dancing. Yeah. And running around with his arms out. Yeah. Damn, Piper, so excited to get his hands on Flair. Uh, they spill to the outside. Uh, they come back in. Piper gives Flair an airplane spin and a sleeper. Yep. And pretty much puts him out. Yep. Unfortunately, at 16 is fucking Jake. And this is evil Jake. So Jake is recently, well, not recently. I guess it's been about five months. It's been since about summer. Yeah. So he's in full, like, evil. Evil Jake. One of the greatest characters, by the way. This evil Jake is one of the best. Uh, so I love it. He just sits down in the corner. So this is where Heenan. Yes. Uh, at one point, Jay goes after Piper and Heenan praises him. Well, first what happens is Jake gets in the ring and then he like sits down in the corner and he's all go ahead. Like, just yeah. keep going, Piper. Yeah. But then he gets up and he attacks Piper from behind or yeah. something. And then and Heenan's, Heenan's happy. so excited. Then he attacks Flair. Yes. And Heenan is mad. And while that's going on, though, then Piper attacks Jake, Jake and he then goes I you know I knew it you're a good he's a good guy it's not a it's not a skirt it's a kilt yeah you know I love him and then all of a sudden Piper goes after Flair and he's like why that no good son skirt of a wearing, skirt, skirt wearing, wearing free. <laughs> yeah. so good yeah uh, Hacksaw is 17 Ugh. IRS is 18 Snook is 19 yep uh, Hacksaw still massively over yeah people loved Hacksaw I don't understand uh, takers at 20, I wrote in all caps. Yeah, so he, and and him and Hogan have been guaranteed number 20 to 30. Yes. Which may, I don't know how they did that in because, a random draw, but they did no, it. No, it was because. No, I know. It, it was, no, they said, like, you yeah. can only get these numbers, so they probably just drew those top. Those ones. just had, they, they put 20 to 30 in a dish and say grab them and then yeah. put them all together. Maybe. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, t- Taker gets a bad rig draw. Yeah, he had a chance at twenty draw. to thirty, and he got twenty. And again, the reason is because they had both feuded over the title, and that's oh, yeah, they, where well, they were former they champions. Got, yeah, they yeah. got stripped, so yeah. they, they get the shot. Yeah. So Taker's at twenty. Uh, he eliminates Snooker right away. Yep. Uh, at twenty-one, Mach Macho Man fucking tears down in the ring. I love it. Right so at right at Jake. Right, Jake bails. Yeah, Jake goes out of the ring right away. So Undertaker softens up the Macho Man. Yep. Uh, Jake then uh, comes back in with a high knee. Or sorry, comes back in, but Macho Man gets the advantage and eliminates him with a high knee. Yeah. Then he leaps over the top rope to start pounding on him. And at that point, I'd forgotten. And the announcers were like, I guess he's out. Yeah. But he wasn't. They decided it wasn't an elim. No. The Royal Rumble has ever-changing rules. It does. So sometimes if you just throw – if you jump over the top rope and out, it's considered an elimination. Sometimes they say you have to be thrown. It changes depending on what angle needs to be further. This, I believe, Macho Man just fucked up. You might have, yeah. I, I believe that that was, it didn't seem like, cause the announcers weren't, weren't ready for it. And no. that makes me think he wasn't supposed to jump over the top rope. Yeah. So then obviously Vince through the earpiece feeds to them like, no, he's, he's, like, no, he's, he's good. He's, he's still he's, in. It's funny because it, the visual is way better when he goes over the top rope. Uh, Berserker I, is in next. Berserker comes out at 20. Hus, hus, hus. Virgil comes out at 23. Well, they got the real, uh, the big, the big time names are out. Heenan right says, what number did he come out at? Uh, 23. 23. And then he's like, oh, you a lot of time to go through the bags in the back. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, fucking Bobby the Brain. Um, Colonel Mustafa, a.k.a. the Iron Sheik, is out at 24. Yep. Uh, now, at this point, 
There's it kind of happens in the background. Yeah. Berserker gives a pile driver to Virgil. Yep. And Virgil's legs are out at a 90 degree angle. It's I know. fucking terrifying. It's, it's nasty. Looking. And he just drops them on his head anyways. Oh god. Uh fortunately he was okay, but it looks awful. Yeah, terrible. Uh the model, Rick Martel, comes out at 25. And the model at this point is it's done for him. Like yeah. he's just he's irrelevant. Uh Mustafa gets tossed. By Savage. By Savage. Hogan is out at 26. Ah, uh, here we go. Uh, Hogan gets... Big, huge pop, too. Yes. He gets triple teamed. Yep. But then he eliminates Undertaker. Yes. And Berserker. Yep. And then, I don't know who tosses them, but Virgil and Hacksaw get tossed, too. And I believe he does do a spot where he uses his shirt to choke IRS and then drags him around by his tie. And there are multiple spots where IRS wear, has a shirt around his neck. Yes. And they do multiple spots where they throw him across the ring. With with the, with the Hogan's yeah. shirt. It's not just Hogan. Like, other people do it, too. Like, people. he takes the bump, like, three times. <laughs> um, Skinner is out at 27. Oh, God. Uh, the Monsoon calls him the Alligator Man. He's the Alligator Man. So he's basically... D- describe Skinner. Uh, okay, so Skinner, Steve Kern, uh, uh, what was he in the Fantastics? I don't know what team he was. He he was a territory wrestler. Yeah. They bring him in. He's a <coughs> alligator hunter from the Everglades in Florida. He chews tobacco. Yeah. He wears a uh, uh, like a, a checkered shirt with the sleeves cut off and khaki pants and boots. Yeah. He's got a beard and a skullet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he hunts alligators, so he knows how to wrestle because he wrestles alligators. I. Again, some of these gimmicks just escape me. Yeah. Like someone was like, we really need an alligator man. Maybe there was a show that Vince saw and he's like, you know, we need, goddammit. Goddamn, we need an alligator alligator man. man. Now, now Skinner, of course, is not like an Australian dude. No. Because he's from Florida Everglades uh, wrestling the Gators. But he dresses like he might as well be from the Outback. He's like Outback Jack 2.0, but from Florida with no accent. Outback Jack. Anyway. Uh, So... Piper is getting worked over by Flair and Martel. Yep. And he's kind of like draped on the top rope. Yep. So he puts his feet, like basically the ankles, around Martel's neck. Yep. And Martel sells it like he's being electrocuted. <laughs> it's like such a devastating ankle choke. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter is out at 28. Ugh. Skinner gets tossed. Yep. Uh, Sid. Sid! Comes out at 29. Fucking Sid. At so one good. point, I don't know who does it to him, but they, he gets pulled down to the map by the hair and he fucking kips up. I know. Fuck, I'll tell you, Sid Justice, that run, fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, the Warlord is out at 30. Oh, Monsoon is like, well, we know it's the Warlord. And Heenan's like, well, maybe it won't be him. And then <laughs> the Warlord comes out and Heenan's like, I told you, Warlord. <laughs> So, you know, by the way, with Harvey Whippleman, his manager. Yes. Um, Flair and Hogan uh, tumble through the ropes to the outside. So they're not eliminated at the, and then Sid justice throws, uh, slaughter. Yes. 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 You you want to describe this fucking toss? Well, he tosses him into the corner post and over the, like not over the ropes, over the post. Yeah, and like out of the ring. Slaughter goes into the turnbuckle. Yeah. And he basically like dives over he it. He bumps out. over the top over the top turnbuckle. That's crazy. And like Slaughter's a big dude. And he's old at this point. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, By the way, I'd like to mention how many world champions are in this match. Like quite a few. Former world champions. Well, we got you got you got Undertaker. Colonel Mustafa, you got Sergeant Slaughter, you got Undertaker, you got Hogan, you've got uh Macho Man. You got Macho Man. 
And then if you count some of the other federations, you got a ton of world champions. Well, you got, and then eventual ones, like you got Flair. You got Michaels. You got Michaels. Who else have we got? You got Justice. Sid Justice. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Well, there you go. That's still quite a bit. For it's that time, when no one got the world title? Yeah, there, yeah. Was, there was lots. Uh, of so course, you they would never acknowledge Colonel Mustafa was Iron Sheik. No, hey, even hey, though it's Iron Sheik. It's totally Iron Sheik. Um, okay, so here we go. So now we get into quick succession here. Yeah, to, so IRS gets pulled over the top rope by his by tie. By of course. By Piper. By Piper. Hogan tosses Warlord. Yep. Justice tosses Piper and Martell over at the same time. Yes. So, so we're we left with Savage. Yep. Sid Justice. Yep. Ric Flair. Hulk Hogan. What a fucking lineup. Pretty like, good. This could be the greatest Final Four. Yeah, you look at it, time. you're like, I legitimately don't know who's going to win this. Yeah. Now, the Royal Rumbles, a lot of them, there's legitimately maybe like two or three potential winners. Yes. Some Rumbles, it's like, well, it's this guy. Yeah. Uh, this is a Rumble, though, where you're like, I don't know. No. I really don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. And, you know, I think most people going in are going to assume, well, Hogan. Yeah. Uh, maybe Sid. Maybe Sid. Maybe. But Hogan is kind of the one that you'd assume. Now, if you recall, we talked about this on the, on, on the SummerSlam podcast, about the reaction to Ric Flair. Leading up to this, I don't think Ric Flair to the casual fan was much of anything. But, like, just a cocky guy who interfered in some matches. People who didn't know the history of, of, of his of his career. I'm wondering how many people were legitimately shocked that Ric Flair won. There might have been a, quite a few. Like, if you would think, like, you'd look at it and go, well, Hogan, Sid, Savage, Flair would be, like, your order, honestly. So it's interesting because now anybody who knew, like, I knew Flair. Yeah. I read all, you know, I'm, I was a PWI reader. <laughs> I'd read PWI. I'd be like, Ric Flair. And when I saw Ric Flair in WWE, I was like, that's awesome. I liked Ric Flair. So I was like, when he won, it was, like, very exciting. But um, I think there were probably a lot of people who wouldn't probably discount Ric Flair. Yeah. Well, and also... Ric Flair, like, he doesn't look like a lot of WWF guys, right? No. Like, he's in shape, but he's not jacked. He's not big. And he's not, you know, covering it up like, like, like Piper. Yeah. I mean, not like Piper, covering it up like Savage was doing with the, with the top. Oh, yeah. Savage is in full, like, leggings and fucking uh, oh, top. Oh, and, and top, yeah. Anyway. Even though he's probably still in great shape, but he's all self-conscious. Oh, f- that, oh, yeah. And I, I think know. that, ego I think, on I, Savage. well, and I think at this point also, they, they were not juicing. No, they weren't. Except for Hogan. Hogan was. Uh, and, I mean, come come, come see Hogan a year later at and, WrestleMania. And, Jesus. And I mean Sid, too. Let's be Oh, honest. God. To the gills. Yeah. Uh, so here's – this is where it gets interesting, right? Yes. So Hogan oh, – well, no, first, Okay. First, so so Sid, Sid is trying to put Macho Man over the top yep. rope. Flair comes and knees Sid in the back and the momentum spills Macho Man. Yeah. And Sid is selling it. Yes. So – Hogan then gets a ho- his hands on Flair. Yep. He punches Flair, or he puts him over the top rope. Onto so the apron. So Flair is on the apron, and Hogan's going to, you know, working him over to, to yep. have him dump or fall to out. To eliminate him, yep. Sid Justice recovers. Yep. Walks up from behind Hogan. Just strolls over. And gives him a fucking toss. Just toss? Gives him a toss fuck. Yeah. He was mocking you. Massive pop. People go nuts because this is this is not like the Undertaker beat Hogan. It was a big shock. Yeah, but it was with with big cheating. This was just like straight up. Sid just outsmarted Hogan. Yeah, just walked up behind him and tossed him. And this is now one of those moments in the Hulk Hogan storyline where you're like, this guy was a fucking babyface. I know. So you go for it. So uh, Hogan's eliminated and is immediately like bug eyed and can't believe it, and he's upset. 
that he got eliminated because he's a big fucking baby. And I know it's wrestling. And I know it's predetermined. But what? I just the biggest baby face in the company the, the, gets so upset he grabs Sid's arm. And see, the the problem here is that it's fine to be upset if you want to be real. Yeah, it's like I'm upset that but, I lost the title, but. It's not like he was cheated at this point. Well, he was pleading to the fans. He's looking back. He's he like, was, how could he dare eliminate me? Yeah, he was legitimately just thrown over. See, no no nefarious tactics. It was just he was not paying attention and he got tossed. I'd like to to, to roll back two years because in 1989, not three years, in 1989, um, 1989, yeah, 1989, Hogan and Macho were in the Rumble and Hogan causes Macho Man to get eliminated. Macho Man throws a fit, but he's turning heel. <laughs> Yes. He's turning heel. So, of course, he's going to throw a fit. That's the point. Yeah. So, here, Hogan throws a fit, but he's very clearly not going to turn heel. No. And he's, 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 he's getting to the crowd. The crowd's going nuts. And so, he grabs Sid by the arm. Yeah. To pull him out. And, of course, Flair sneaks up behind and dumps Sid and wins the Royal Rumble in the title. Yeah. And then, of course, Flair boots it to the back because he's fucking smart. Because he's in there with the the biggest well, baby and a crazy man. First of all, when he when Sid goes over and he wins, Bobby Heenan oh, throws crazy. the biggest fucking celebration. Yes, 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 just, yes, 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 yes. For like yep. a good thirty seconds. Yep, is so happy. It's and, so good. And then yes, Flair just fucks off. Yep. Uh, There's no coronation here, folks. No, he's gone. Well, there is, but not but, in the ring. Not in the ring. So Hogan and Sid Justice get back in the ring. Yep, and they're arguing. And then all the geeks have to come in to separate. Them. Now remember, now Sid Sid Justice is completely in the right. Yes, he is. The dude was unfairly eliminated, unfairly against the rules. And this is still a point in time where Hogan's getting big pops. Yeah, it's not like Cena or Roman Reigns where it's like tons of booze. Yeah, but there's audible booze for Ooh. Hogan. Oh like, yeah, the crowd is split over this. Well, they tried to do uh uh like get the crowd to decide you know who they like more, and they were liking Sid. Yeah. Like they're doing he's doing the Hulk who and he's listening at the crowd as they boo Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Because yeah. people are fucking smart. In the end, they know when something doesn't smell right. And you know, the thing was with this was is that Sid was a face. Yeah. And so it was kind of poorly executed. I liked it. I like seeing Hogan get fucked well, over. And again, he wasn't even fucked over. The, he just got eliminated. And again, the ultimate payoff to all this is that they turn Sid heel. They make Sid a heel. Like he's the bad guy, and then yeah. he fights Hogan, and it's like the guy's legitimate beef. Yeah, though Sid's run was very clearly not going to be going past WrestleMania. They must have known at this point. Yeah. Or maybe not. They left him in there right at the end. I don't know. I love the Hulk who. Yeah, and then he... And there's a sign that says Hulk who in the crowd. Yeah, and, and he and Sid acknowledges the crowd's cheers, which yeah. is great. Uh, as they finally get separated and Sid is walking down the aisle, he's just like, come on, I'll kill you. <laughs> yes, I love Sid. Uh, so anyway, so that's the end of the uh, in-ring action. Yes. And then Ric Flair gives one of the most famous promos of all time. So good. And there's something about it that's super awesome, like the promo. Yep. And then there's a really funny moment. Yep. Uh, so the tear in my eye. So good. Is basically he puts over the fucking WWF title like... Oh, like, it's the greatest thing ever. The greatest thing ever. Like, and this is a guy, remember, he's been winning NWA championships for, at this point, uh, 12 years. Yep. And he's basically recognized as the NWA champion. Yes. So when he wins the WWF belt, he's like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Yep. 
and you're not the fucking man in wrestling unless you win this belt. That's so good. Just putting over the WWF like a yep. million bucks, right? Awesome. Uh, Heenan and Mr. Perfect are back with them, with Flair, gloating. Yep. <laughs> At one point, they're like, we're not ones to say I told you so, but we told, told you so. so. Awesome. Then... At one point, um, Gene Okerlund, yep. who's doing the interview, is about to ask a question. Yep. And he looks off camera and he's fucking pissed and he's like, put, <laughs> put that, that cigarette, cigarette out. <laughs> <laughs> so good. For whatever reason. I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah, tell somebody to put the cigarette out. I just put, uh, also, Gene tells someone off camera to put the cigarette out. LOL, show over. Show over. That's Great. It. The promo was the last thing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, fucking uh, Meltzer only gave it three and a quarter. The Rumble? Yeah. Well, it's hard, right? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of nothing in terms of guys. But I found I find it to be a good pace Rumble. It's got it's got a few. It's it's into it's into. Th- you got the first part, and Davy Boy's in there with Flair, and Davy Boy's eliminating guys, and then you go to Flair's in the ring alone. And then it goes to, you know, the, you got the little part with Piper and, and Jake. And then it fills up again and you go to the end. It's got some nice parts. It's got a beginning, middle, middle and end. Yeah. It's very simple to follow. Uh, there's a lot of job guys in there. Even though if you look back at it back then, like some of the names, I mean, Tito Santana, uh, you know, very accomplished career. You got Greg Davey the Hammer Boy Valentine. Smith. You've got Davey Boy Smith, Ted uh, DiBiase. Yeah. The problem is you got Repo Man and Skinner. Yeah. And that's the Virgil. problem. Hercules, Warlord. Yeah. So it's a, you know, uh, miles above any one that came before it, miles above a lot of them that came after it. I mean, God, go through, uh, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000 even. And 2001 kind of gets cooking as a good rumble, but my God, 2002 was solid and good, but. It's it's the gold standard. Yeah, Flair's the fucking man. The story that was told was great. Flair got a lot of a limbs. He made look like he was made to look like a million bucks while also making other guys look good, which was great because that's what Flair does well. That's what yeah. he did well. Made other guys look really good, and uh, it was pretty awesome. Uh, you got some music. I got I some music as you're you're yawning. I am. It's fucking well, spoiler alert. This is our third show in a row. It's a quarter after one. In the I know. Morning. I got to drive to Grand Forks tomorrow. Oh fuck! Big day so, for you. Yeah, big day. Here we go. Here's here's the here's the sound. Dropbox. Dropbox. Here we go. All right. Come on. There's some Jesus Lizard for y'all. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, so this has been episode 74. Yes. The Mezzanine Sleepover on we- Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mezzanine Sleepover. Yeah, Mezzanine Sleepover. Let us know what you thought of the Royal Rumble 1992 and tell us if you'd like to hear any other rumbles from us. We don't know what's coming up. No. We haven't it- planned that far in advance. No, this is, uh, again, I'm in Winnipeg. This is our third show in this taping. Yep. So while you're listening to it in well into January, I'm. This is still December. You're back in Toronto. Yeah. So uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, <clears throat> if you'd like to hear anything, send us a note on yeah. the sweats. Don't DM, DM us. No. Make no, it public. No. Yeah. Just own Let it. Let all your friends know that own your house. Own this. That's what the sleepover is all about. Friendship. Right on. All right, right. so I am at Slip with Five Eyes or Slip. At MegaMix.com, all one word. We'll see you next week, folks.